When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Square Ball Podcast. Well, hello to you. This is the Square Ball Podcast 108, recorded after the Sheffield United victory. I'm Dan Moylan, and I've got with me Michael Normanton. Hello. And uh, Moscow White, Daniel Chapman. Hello, the superb Daniel Chapman. I think you'll find I'm now known as officially. That's uh, Rob Bagchi, the journalist from the, the Telegraph, who uh, describes you as such in one of his articles recently. Congratulations. He's got great taste, that man. Great and taste. Should we, should we just say how Football 365 described you? Um, the man from the square ball, which who, is fine. Who may never eat again or something. Who may never eat again. I think that may be, presumably, I'm too full of alcohol to actually consume any food, is mm-hmm. their theory. So this off the back of the Football Supporters Federation Awards that happened... Uh, awards? 40- it was a sham. <laughs> for 48 hours ago in... The FSF's corrupt. <laughs> in London, and we didn't win Fanzine of the Year Award. Ooh. Eight years on the bounce we've been nominated, though, which is pretty good going, isn't it? Down, very good going. Down to, the fi- good. down to the final six, but it's, we were... It's what kept Arsene Wenger in a job for so long, <laughs> qualifying for Europe every year. But we were pipped by the Viva Rovers uh, fanzine, weren't we? Popular stand. Viva Rovers is the Twitter account. Uh, that's the Twitter account. So, yeah, Popular stand. So, another defeat to Doncaster in London. The Second big... time they've won now, so they're level with us. Mm. So, it's between them and us as to who takes a hat-trick and gets to keep the trophy. I think we keep Possibly. the trophy anyway, unless you get your hands on it, Dan, and smash it like you did the first time. You want to smash these ones. These ones were brick-like. I was actually quite but... glad, in a way, that we didn't win because I wouldn't have wanted to lug that thing around. And also it meant I could just drink all the booze on the table and make a fool of myself. It was bad enough trying to carry you, never mind the trophy as well. Yeah, for newer listeners of the podcast, we won it in 2011, didn't we? And it was made of glass that year was the trophy and didn't Not survive clever. Didn't survive the journey back to the hotel. I fell out of a taxi with it and it didn't, didn't come home. It came home with us in a thousand pieces. To be yeah. fair, it survived the journey. It got all the way to how far from the door were you when you, you dropped that? Oh, just feet away, yeah. So we did pretty well. We took it all over. It crossed the river, mm, yeah. but it didn't cross the threshold. And they made the metal next year, which is uh, the least surprising event to have happened. Anyway, moving on from that, before we get too self-indulgent and navel-gazy, thank you as well if you have supported the magazine um, over the last few years. And fingers crossed, 30 years next year, you never know. Might just bring it home next time. Issue 5, speaking of the fanzine, will be out this coming Saturday for the QPR Home fixture and what a splendid cover as well, featuring Pablo Hernandez as Indiana Jones. Loving the look of that. Beautiful drawing of Pablo. I think it's going to be the artwork for this podcast as well. So look at that for a moment and then go straight to our website and buy it. Although it doesn't pull the artwork through for um, Apple, so you might have to just check it out on Acast or Bloody computers or Spotify. We're just... on, by the way, we are on Spotify now. If you if you use that, you can subscribe and follow us on there. Acast, all the platforms that all the kids use. 
and do check out the merchandise and the 2019 calendars. Such was the demand for those. Thank you if you bought one. They have now sold out on pre-order. I think we're looking at getting a second run of those done, aren't we? Yeah, that seems to be the plan. And if you've got your eyes peeled for a stocking fillet, check out our colouring books. They're, they're on sale. The profits of the calendars and the colouring books going to Leeds Children's Hospital Charity. Leeds Cares. Full details on all of those is at thesquareball.net. And if you fancy supporting the podcast, get yourself a digital sub. It's what? pound a month one pound a month for 12 months and you get a magazine out of it what more do you want well what more can we ask for than three points against sheffield united that was nice wasn't it unexpected in some ways i know we're good but this was one of those games where it's like finding out how good we actually are and it turns out that we're brilliant so we may as well just and a a a rare bit of luck i would say i feel like those things don't happen to us there's a theory that it always happens to us against Sheffield United, mm. but even then we are looking back more than 25 years for uh, Mel Reese and Simon Tracy's gifts to us at Bramwell Lane. Although, can, we, can I have a little bit of credit for, for calling this one on the last podcast, drawing attention to the goalkeeping errors of the past and the significance of victories against Sheffield United in potentially significant seasons? We hadn't factored in, perhaps you had when you were suggesting that, that their goalkeeper was on loan from Scum as well, which kind of, I feel that's gone under the radar a little bit, that we mm. kind of got a, a twofer with that, that it was not just a Sheffield United goalkeeper messing up, but it was a Scum goalkeeper messing up, which is... Marvellous. I think we should all be all over to Old Trafford to celebrate. He's got a bit chippy on Twitter as well as the uh, the keeper. He, he tweeted something about not being able to not getting a chance or something at Man U, and I thought, really, not the week to do it, mate. Did you see his apology tweets about uh, the mistake as well? Oh no. Um, he said something like, "Oh, we've got to lean from these things and move on." And then he posted another <laughs> tweet with a little asterisk. Went learn. <laughs> I couldn't so. I couldn't read his tweets through tears of joy and laughter. It was wonderful. What a moment. What a pass. But we may, we forced the error. You know, it's not entirely self-generated by the stupid scum goalkeeper. The back pass was under pressure from Hernandez and then he basically had Jack Clark's acne face right in his. I, well, he's 17, I assume he's got acne. 18, maybe he's over it. But there was nowhere, so, for, him, so mean. nowhere for him to pass the ball. And then uh, Jack Clark sorted it out with his little, his little dink to Pablo. Felt like a big win, didn't it, that one? Well, we were up against everything. We are up against... Uh, Sheffield United, we were up against Chris Wilder's uh, chip on his shoulder. I guess we're up against Sean Bean, Def Leppard, your boys, etc. Took one hell of a stuff. Human um, League, are they blue or red? Not sure. I'm not, do we know what Heaven 17 prefer? ABC? Jo- Joe Cocker as well. Should we stop listing Sheffield musicians and actually talk about the game? Go on then, what do you want to talk about? The referee was the one who, well he was saved by our victory, wasn't he? I was coming to him and that long list of things we were up against was going to end with the referee and then ultimately up the chain to Sean Harvey and then behind him, Satan, and then behind Satan, Ken Bates. But dealing with the referee, Oliver Langford, Bonnie's mm. brother. <laughs> well, that's... It's an oldie, but it's a goodie. Um, let's look at the game as it sort of progressed then because the opening 20, 25 minutes, it was a bit hairy, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I thought we were, we were up for a bit of a pasting. What do you reckon, Michael? It's kind of how I imagined it would be and how it always seems to be. And it felt a bit like a Yorkshire derby of old where they just fly at us and batter us and we meekly surrender. But then, I don't know. I don't really know what changed exactly. Cooper went off. So you, add him to your hate list. <laughs> I'm just saying that is a thing that changed. He did go off. Maybe we're better the fewer defenders we have, recognised defenders. 
I mean, if you want to go down that line, that we, we'll have plenty of opportunities <laughs> exactly. to test that. This weekend, <laughs> we will see. Um, speaking of the hate list, what do you think of Bailey Peacock-Farrell? There were a couple of wobbly moments in that uh, opening section, but it's kind of this is the, the paradox of Peacock-Farrell, isn't it? That he's, um, he's had three clean sheets on the bounce. We've taken nine points from them, but there were times in a sky perhaps drew a little bit of unfair uh, attention on this. He looked a bit wobbly, particularly when it came to crosses and stuff like that. But then the saves were good. They very obviously targeted him as well for it. They were they were getting right underneath him all the time. There were, there, I think there were a couple of fouls given on him that where people have obviously been instructed like go and stick your ass into him when he's jumping and stuff, and he'll get a bit he'll get a bit concerned. And it'll go unpunished because we know, you know. Yeah, and not not to criticise him unduly, but I do need to point out that one of the clean sheets you credited him with there was Will Huffers. Again, this will just be interpreted as part of my hate campaign against <laughs> Bailey Peacock Farrell. However, <laughs> damn you! Just to be damn fair, damn you with your facts. He's had two clean sheets. Uh. One of them belonged to Willie. But yeah, it was it was weird catching up with the Sky coverage and then just finding... I mean, Scumkeeper has just absolutely given the entire game away. It's like, oh, well, let's let's get Don Goodman and Michael Brown to look at every breath that Bailey Peacock-Farrell has ever taken. Even I was wanted to leap to his defence. Yeah, fans' favourite Michael Brown, always at Ellen Road, you know, one of those that we all... <laughs> We always loved and cherished it. It was really funny, wasn't it, seeing him in the Sky studio passing condemnation of the foul play on show in that game. Following, do you remember the challenge he did on Ryan Giggs where he jumped about two yards out of his out of his way to stamp on him? Mm-hmm. I don't think he got sent off for that, actually. I think he got yellow for that. No. So, based on that, McGoldrick's yellow, he probably thought, no, non, non-free, wasn't it? Did he give a free kick for that? No, no. Nope. Jesus on. Christ. I've, bizarre, only, I've, isn't it? I've seen the replay of it so many times. I can only think. I suppose in my head, I think I've turned it into. I can't believe he only booked him for it, but didn't do anything, did he? No, no I think the only thing. I'm not going to offer any mitigation for the referee because I think he was abysmal and he's got to be an absolute shoo-in for the villainy award this time. Hmm. But um, he was coming directly at the referee, so that's maybe that's the only thing. The only thing in slight mitigation is that he just got the angle slightly wrong, but he was only feet away and he should have seen it. Yeah, the, you know the fact that. Click was left in a crumpled heap on the floor with inches away from a broken leg. You'd, you'd like to think the referee can pick up on these things when he's standing six feet away. Or Michael Brown. Well, I think Michael Brown wasn't... Uh, I think his view was that it should have at least been a free kick because although it is what he made a career doing, he is, like Neil Warnock, a hypocrite. So um, he had absolutely he, no problem condemning all that stuff. And with the referee... Uh, where do you think it all went wrong for him? Was he just totally t- terrible? Or do you think... My view of it kind of was, see if you agree, is that he made a rod for his own back by trying to stamp down on a few things, no pun intended, early on in the game. Ankle. But, you know, yeah, but you know, like giving out a couple of yellow cards to try and look like he was in charge. And then suddenly, when it came to sending off the fullback, who clearly should have walked for mm. that, for the second, second bucket. Second yellow. It's like, oh, hang on a second. I don't want to be sending anybody off. I want to be in charge, but I don't want to be sending anybody mm. off. And he kind of, he'd made a rod for his own back by not letting maybe a couple of things go early on and then setting a consistent kind of tone for the game. I find it weird the way referees think. This is stuff about um, Mark Clattenburg. He said he, wanted, he was talking about a Spurs game he refereed and he was saying how he was happy he'd not... He, he basically should have made a decision, chose not to, even though it was wrong. And he said he was happy he'd made the wrong decision because he didn't want people to blame him. And it, yeah, and yes, think, because it was going to decide the title, wasn't yeah. it? And he didn't want to, the, the headlines to be about him deciding the title. What a weird way to think. It's your, it's your job. Your job is very. It's just apply rules. Yeah, it shouldn't be a, a case of like, oh, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna do this to teach them a lesson. I don't want this to happen, so I'm gonna do this. And I, I don't know what's wrong with this guy. I mean, the 
you've been very generous saying it was the wrong angle for him. He was stood about a yard away from that tackle. He should have been looking straight at it. And it was a game, if we're looking for moments that changed the game, it was uh, McGoldrick, who's one of their best players. He's one of the ones that Bielsa said afterwards he was a problem that we couldn't solve. Um, so if he gets sent off after 20 minutes... Mm. He did nearly great. score at one point as well. Yeah, I think he had... Bailey Peacock-Farrell made a very good save from a long shot. And then I think he came close again. But he was dangerous all day. So if you get that bugger sent off, it makes life a lot easier. And at, and at the same time, he booked Roof for being jumped into. Ah, uh, the Roof yellow card. The Roof yellow card is almost more annoying than him not sending that guy off for tackle and click. Yeah, you can excuse almost him missing a bad tackle. Yeah, he's not he's, seen yeah, it. Yeah. Whereas but, that was, uh, I thought, mm, that, that deserves a booking. Get away. I don't, what did he he's think, Roof, what did he think Roof had done? Shown him his ass. Or because he, I think maybe because he'd not made a deliberate attempt to play the ball or something. I don't know. Cause he, he just... But they're ten a penny, aren't they? Those. Yeah, he just turned around because he didn't want to get like clatter face to face with some onrushing player. So he he took a safety first option of protecting himself. And I, I quite I was quite impressed at Roof because he can moan a bit, but he just kind of went, "I'm not even going to argue about this with you." Mm. Like, yeah, book me, whatever. I have no idea what I have done wrong here. Talk to me after my shirt has nearly been dragged off my head in the penalty area. Actually, don't talk to me because I'll probably be even angrier at that point. What do you make of uh, overlapping centre-backs? That was an interesting thing we've never seen before. It's fine, isn't it? I don't know if I was reading too much into Bielsa's pre-match comments because he said that he said that if he was having a coffee with somebody in a bar and he was talking about football, he would say that Chris Wilder has got a coach with many interesting ideas. He's somebody that he'd, he'd love to talk to them about. But the interesting one was where he said that Wilder does many things that I have tried to do, but I couldn't, I couldn't make them work. And I wondered if... There's maybe an edge to that where he's saying he does things that I, I tried doing, but I couldn't make them I work. Dismissed them as bad ideas. They're really terrible ideas. So mm. it's kind of, oh, you're going to run at me with overlapping centre backs. Yeah, tried that. Very, very interesting idea, that, Christopher. Very interesting idea. I don't know. I mean, it's got Sheffield United up to the top of the table, although to listen to Chris Wilder after the game, apparently they're in a relegation battle and it like, <laughs> shouldn't be talked about as promotion chances. And they were. Uh, they were good last season. It was that player when Coots had his leg broken last year. That was uh, what did for their promotion attempt. And they've spent a lot of money on players in the summer. So they are actually pretty good. And yeah, the overlapping centre-backs thing is, it's exciting if that's if that's what you like. But we won. So up yours. Yeah, I was going to say, actually, was it you, Moscow, who, who pointed out that before the game... Chris Wilder was saying, nobody ever talks about Sheffield. It's all yeah. about Leeds. Even in 1989-90, it was all about Leeds. Forgetting that we got promoted after the game. You shouldn't be talking about Sheffield United. You should be talking about Leeds. Yeah, mind games, you see. He's very clever, Chris Wilder. You you definitely can't see through him as if he's a, a pane of glass. <laughs> um, yeah, it was Yeah, it was very chippy. And of course, there was, there was a lot of Billy Sharp stuff in the build-up to it as well. So I was very relieved that he didn't score. Because he could have... Um, that header that um, Halme, who was otherwise very, very good, kind of let him sneak around mm. the back and he just headed it into the ground instead, whereas I was convinced that was going to be a sharp goal. I feel but like no. that's one of the little breaks we got in the game. Cause I sharp feel like, not scoring. Yeah, because he would score that normally. Mm. I feel Bielsa's just got some power, which is undoing some of these long-held things. That's what I was talking about in the last one, in, in 107, when I was saying that it just feels a bit... We're undoing the... We're tearing up the rule, but we're undoing all these little jinxes and precedents that have followed us around for years. And like we've had a we had a spanking against West Brom and previous years you'd be like, oh that's it now, we fucked it. We're gonna lose like six on the bounce. We're gonna drop down, we'll be twelfth before you know it. Mm-hmm. Not this time. 
Just straight back, win three some games. Wins. Three, nine points out of nine. It's actually frightening because <laughs> it's kind of happened a little bit under the radar. I think everybody's been so caught up worrying about, well, we've got an even younger player in goal. We've, we've not got any centre-backs left. When are we going to get Bamford back? Who are we going to buy in January? Um, as if there's kind of this miniature crisis going on. But we just won three in a row. It's almost like Bielsa and the players have managed to, managed to shake off the 4-1 quicker than I think some of the fans have. I think we're all, because we're used to being in such a panic mode yep. year after year, waiting for this collapse. And he just goes, well, yep, we lost that game and we're going to win the next three. Well, it span on two decisions, really, didn't it? There was Alioski hauled off again at half-time. You have to fancy him for a rest now, wouldn't you? And then that tactical switch of pushing Pablo into the middle and pushing Roof to the right, uh, which was suggested and magnanimously acknowledged by Bielsa in his post-match by his assistant, Pablo uh, Quiroga. Michael? Well done. Knows what he's doing, doesn't he? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, chuck a big man on. That's the normal championship <laughs> approach to things. So, you know, trying something different, it's nice. <laughs> it's nice that we're doing it like this rather than just going, mm, John Parkin, is he available? <laughs> Has Howe ever played up front? Does anybody know? Could we stick him up there? He did nearly oh. score. Very nearly score, didn't he? It was he? a good touch. It's a good little touch and mm. then a, a shot. Well, when Bielsa's done with him, sent it forward in training. Does what he wants, doesn't he? Yeah, New John Charles. So. Uh, what do you think of Alioski then? Yeah, he needs a little. he needs a little bit of time out, I think. Before people get too annoyed with him. It is difficult because the obvious replacement is Jack Clark, who is exciting and set up the goal and every time he comes on is amazing. But I think there's a little bit of reluctance on Bielsa's part to start him just because of his age. Mm. I think that's it. So it could well be that we get Jack Harrison, who was not noticeably been better than Alioski. It is a bit weird because Alioski's struggling on the left and he said himself that he's never played left wing before and that he doesn't really like it there and it's been the same with uh, when Jack Harrison's been in the team he's mostly played on the right and not liked it there but then when he's come over to the left he's looked fantastic so it could be that he may be better than he was if he takes over that that left role but then there is a case I think we'll come on to the injuries in a bit of really we just need to count 11 people off the the bus before we need to worry too much about whether because I think Alioski He's obviously out of form and Bielsa kind of is defending him, saying like it's a natural consequence of playing 30 games by December. But he's not really costing us anything. Like if he starts a game, like against Sheffield United, he didn't do anything, but he also wasn't about to like throw the ball in the net or anything. He wasn't going to do a Dean Henderson. It was just kind of like, it's a player that's not playing very well. He's, so still, if he starts, he's still useful that he can still do a pressing job he still does he can still do all that it's, yeah he's not giving up no he's just not doing but you anything do very need well a bit more maybe we start just substituting him earlier and earlier if jack clark's <laughs> not quite ready to start games just bring him on after half an hour then 20 minutes 10 minutes and then it's like that could work i'm sure clark does benefit as well from coming on to face someone who's a bit tired yeah from having alioski chase them down for well 45 minutes an hour, whatever it, it might be. And it could be, there's no because he plays with so much freedom when he comes on. He's not under the pressure of, of perhaps the opening game plan of like whatever the team is set up to do. He comes into a game where it's essentially, right, we've worked out what's going on, uh, go down the wing and just beat all their players. Whereas if he was starting, he might have to do some of the Alioski stuff of, of mm. pressing and being a bit more defensive that 
maybe we're underrating him, but it might be a bit too soon for him to be taking on all those jobs. And it's better for him to just... In fact, there's an article in the new mag that says like a playground footballer and you don't want to knock that out of him. Mm. Just put him on the pitch and let him beat the players and have fun and leave uh, Alioski to be hauled off early every match with the fans' uh, complaints ringing in his ears. Because <laughs> he can handle it. You know, the, the thing I don't mind about Alioski is he's pretty... Uh, He's pretty resilient to all this stuff. He just turn up, does his best. It's not good enough. He goes off again, and it's kind of. But he'll he'll keep just he'll keep going to the river and and coming back with an empty bucket. Well, if Alioski and Harrison and and Clark are your plan A, B, C, there is a plan D potentially, and uh, it's not my plan D, but I will steal it anyway. It was mentioned on the most recent Yorkshire Evening Post podcast um, with Phil and Joe Urquhart, and Joe has been following the under-23s around. He went to Newcastle and saw Izzy Brown play on Friday. And Izzy Brown was pushed out onto the left late on in the game. Said he looked very, very effective and they found it very hard to handle and he's just coming back to fitness. So there might be Mm. something in that. Interesting. It'd be like a new signing. It is a new signing. It would literally be his debut. Well, gentlemen, we are second. We're a point behind Norwich. And um, do we worry about this? There's a gap opened up. Mm. Ours to throw away. Or fall into... And let's slide straight into these uh, these injuries then. Izzy Brown on his way back. Bamford on his way back as well. Just mm-hmm. t- timely, given that the others are all dropping like flies and we're now not playing with any defenders. We're not bothering with that anymore. Did you see the photo of him from the Newcastle game? Looking like a sweaty pub footballer. I think mm-hmm. that's what he said to, about himself. I was quite pleased that he remarked on it because he's normally quite a clean, tidy, presentable. Looks more like he should be playing hockey than football. That's the proper hockey, not the ice version. Yeah, and he's thinking he said that yellow kit's doing nothing for me because I was a little bit alarmed as well that what he'd been <laughs> drinking while he was injured. Izzy Brown's got a very trampy look to him since he's uh, he's arrived as well. I've noticed when he was at Huddersfield, he was a bit he was a bit more clean cut. He looks he looks like he needs a good uh, a good shave and something to look after him. I mean, you look at Bielsa if he's setting the tone around the training ground, he's kind of slouching around in a mm. in a tracksuit and whatever he can whatever he can find that the, that sky graphic of him wearing a suit is consistently. <laughs> Hilarious. I think, did I mention this on one of the other pods? But he did wear a suit once for a match back in Argentina. It was somebody's testimonial game and nobody could believe he was managing a game in a suit on the, the sidelines and the team he was managing lost and everyone was like, well, this is this is why he should not wear a suit. But this is what it's all about, isn't it? It's about finding balance in our art. And we've said in the last couple of podcasts, we now deal in high art and it's just maybe uh, balancing beauty with that vulgarity that we said. So the beauty's on the pitch, the vulgarity is off the pitch. Mm-hmm. You, I suppose the next step is for one of our players to cut his ear off. We've had every other injury, so if we're going down the artistic <laughs> route, Pablo Hernandez can do a Picasso. <laughs> Can't play this week, he's got his, his ears lopped off. Speaking of Bamford, picked up on an interesting little snippet this week. We were saying before he's of good stock and yes. quite posh, and I think his stock is a lot higher than we may think. I gather he is related to Lord Bamford, who I think is part... You know JCB, the digger people? The B in that hmm. stands for Bamford. I think he's from that family, from what I understand. Really? What does the JC... Are those two other families, or is it like a... Jack Clark. Jack Clark. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't know. So is he just playing football for a little bit of sport and recreation, just for fun? Doesn't need the wages. Yeah. But he has got he can retire on his uh, his tipper truck millions. So you can have that one. Anyway, um, yeah. So now we're Dallas, the latest one to fall victim to the injury. Maybe our jinx actually is not to do with uh, damning the football club. It's just injuring players, mm. the square ball jinx. I mean, I, I, But if we can keep winning, I don't really care if they're all injured. 
we f- if we finish the season with some eight-year-olds playing for us and still win the league, <laughs> fine. I mean, Dallas has kind of he's done all right at right back the last few games, mm. slightly improving, but he was one of the ones. West Brom, he was all over the place. He's been a bit down, so I'm content with him not playing right back. The fact that we don't actually have a replacement. Yeah, we've got two defenders now. Mm. Play with ten. Yeah, but brilliant. how many do you need? Do we just do what we want? Don't we show off? Like we're saying, we're just showing off now. Yeah. To be honestly though, to be second with the state of our injuries, brilliant, isn't it? It is. It's ridiculous. Most. As we're saying about the way other managers behave, most other managers will be going on about the injury list endlessly. Oh, Whereas, I was still saying to our Sharon that the look we're having. Uh, Bielsa minimises it completely. Yeah. Just goes, yeah, these things happen. Don't matter. Calvin Phillips play there. He's good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just until he's named that for every position. Oh, Calvin, Calvin will play there. In fact, he said that about. Um, he, maybe there is one point where we can slightly pick him up on because he, he said ages ago, I was like, well, wherever we get an injury, it's fine because Luke Ayling can play there. Mm-hmm. And then Luke Ayling's the one that's worst injured of them all. But um, but there is that, yeah, it's a question. That, has he planned for this? We've got this tiny squad. But he just said, like, he, this is why he watches the under-23s because he's worked out who amongst them can, can fill in. And so his plan is always two players for every position and then and we go to the kids because I think they're fine. So we're kind of a little bit prepared. I don't think everybody at once was part of the plan, but these things are sent to test us. Do you think, Michael, that maybe Dallas has injured himself because he fancies Christmas off? Well, you normally go for a red card, don't you, if you just want Christmas off? Mm. Unless he's got a big trip planned. Maybe he's going to Australia for a month. going having a gap year or something. (laughs) Liam Cooper's got a trip to Rome out of his injury. He has. Went for surgery in Rome. I think that, I saw that and I thought, I'm sure we didn't used to do good things like that for injured players. We just like send them down LGI. Yeah. Which is a fine hospital. But you know. <laughs> Try and run, run it off from Ram, just Ram, get, Ramby Park, lads. Just get yourself into A&E and they'll have a look at it for you. Whereas it feels like we've gone, oh no, actually we'll send him to a, a proper doctor. Yeah, I noticed this as well. I think it was... Um, it might have been Berardi when they were assessing his injury. They said that he'd gone to, he'd been looked at in Italy and London to see what the extent of his injury was. So we've obviously got this connection where Andrea Radrizzani uh, hates a Yorkshire hospital. That's that's obviously what's going on. So there's probably loads of backhanders going to his mate. What was this guy? It was Professor Paolo Mariani, which did sound like a little bit Island of Dr. Moreau-ish. Yeah, there was something about the name Mariani. Isn't it... Um, What's that detective called? The one with the basset hound. What you're doing now, Moscow, is, and I don't know if you're feeling this, Michael, is making cultural references that I don't understand. Yeah, I've not a clue what it's all about. It's the famous detective who lives on Baker Street. Why can't I remember his name? He's possibly Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes. Wasn't his uh, enemy Moriarty? So it's a few letters out. So (laughs) it's basically nothing to do with it. Excellent. I'm glad we've, we've established that... Liam Cooper's leg has not been operated on by Sherlock Holmes's nemesis. Ne- nemesis. Um, but and the other bonus is we got to see Liam Cooper in his pants. That was good. A treat normally only reserved for Mrs. Cooper. Didn't and get... the lads in the changing room. Where were Brady's pictures? And this is it. So they're both out for four to six weeks now, which is a nice rest into the new year. How far off is Ailing? I can't remember. It was a long, it was a long one, wasn't it? Mm. I think they're all kind of end of January. Ish is when the strong will be then. Ailing's a little bit further away. So top of the league, and then we've got loads of players to come back in. Yep, it's like it's like being top of the league, then signing a whole new back four. 
I think this is going to be Bielsa's argument when he upsets everybody by refusing to buy any new players, is you'll just say, well, I've got loads of them due back in January, so why do I need he to does, sign He them? does have a point, to be honest, because you probably sign someone and then they potentially would play three or four games and yeah. then be out of the team again. The time to sign somebody would be like right now, if we could, but outside the, the transfer window, it's not possible. So how may it may be the case that Liam Cooper can't get in because Halmey has risen like Woodgate and taken over the captaincy. Could be that Jamie Shackleton is the right back that we've been dreaming of since Gary Kelly. He's not even a right back, is he? Well, neither was Gary Kelly. Gary Kelly was a right winger. So I, I remember seeing his first game. Was it against Scunthorpe? Yeah, in the League Cup. I remember watching that. It was this young chap. Did you think he was a, a future 500 appearance right back? No. No. You no. see, so anything could happen. So all that will have to sort itself out over Christmas um, before we can even consider buying anybody. We are being linked with wingers, and it's the slightly alarming thing about Jack Clark being linked with Man City, but there is uh, logic in this. Again, going back to the Yorkshire Evening Post podcast, Phil Hay reminded us on the most recent one that when Clark, before he had a professional contract at Leeds and was uh, still on youth terms, Man City were sniffing around at that point Mm. because they were interested in him. So it may just be a case of falling back on that pre-existing story or whatnot. That was when Thomas Christensen didn't play him in the League Cup because he, I don't want anybody to know about him. And obviously, I think most people know, like they do, people do scout on the 23 games. There's no point going to Man City though for him, is there? He's not. Sane's only about twenty two. It's not like he's it's not like they've got a winger on, on the verge of retirement. They've got Sterling and Mares and Sane and they're all yeah. they're all quite young. It'd be a waste of time. All signed for a trillion pounds and then so someone like Clark would be loaned straight back out to a club like Leeds. Exactly. Yeah. They've already and got I'm Jack sure, Harrison. I'm why, sure he had this option. Uh this option when he signed for us. Like he could have gone then. So. But then if they offer him like eighty grand a week, I can see he might think, Oh, that sounds quite nice. <laughs> And this is the problem with the Premier League. But yeah, another guy uh, in a similar position. J. Roy Grott, what's this? He's been running into trouble again? What's he been doing? Oh, no, it's no trouble. He was just, he was interviewed in Holland and I thought it was funny because he's still driving an English car. And yeah, he said, uh, it's it's not that difficult. I, it's the only car I know how to drive. I assume he learned to drive in England. He just said it's sometimes a problem with parking garages because the machine is on the other side. But I'm so tall I can reach. <laughs> I was, it just made me laugh, so I threw it on the prep sheets. <laughs> I thought you might ignore it. But yeah, he's uh, he's fine, playing all right for v- 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 Venlo. Um, and yeah, there was an interview with him saying that it's basically, he is all right. Google Translate turns his name into Cave. That's also <laughs> quite fun as well. So it's the the quote is just about um, Cave drives around with an English license plate. I, I want him to work. I want J. Roy Grott to come back and do well because I felt a bit sorry for him after he was saying about mm. he kind of had mental health problems in uh, in his first stay at Leeds. Yeah, that loneliness. Was, and- part of the interview is that he's only uh, like about forty five minutes away from his mum and dad, where he's living and all this stuff. And I think he's moved in with his girlfriend, who was over here with him in in Leeds for at least some of the time because they had she had a um, a YouTube channel um, where she was kind of sharing clips of their life. Last year, so there was you got there kids was, today. Eh? It's still on there. If you want to go and have a look at J. Roy Grott at the dentist, sitting in the dentist chair, having his teeth looked at, it's fairly spectacular. And that's the one because she filmed herself watching a stream of them away at mm. uh, Fulham when he missed that header, and she did exactly what everybody else goes in, where just as he leaves his head, she goes yes, and then you hear oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so Grot, Grot Bags is doing all right. Good, I want him to. And talking about curses as well, have we cursed the ladies? Just an update from your mm. Donny Bell's trip to uh, Thorpe Arch. Well, I didn't actually go in the end. 
because I couldn't go, um, which is probably for the best because apparently it got quite harrowing. At the end, a broken leg to Captain Bridie Hannon. Not, hopefully, anything to do with the fact that we were bigging up her performances in defence and wishing them well in the FA Cup. To be fair, they won. They won 4-3 in... Uh, in extra time, a real ding-dong battle in the FA Cup and they're through to play Huddersfield Town in the next round who were also like Donny there in the division above. But yeah, a, a, a broken leg is not what anybody needs. But if you're playing for Leeds United, it's what you're going to get. So it's going to be one of them. I mean, it does follow on from uh, us talking up Liam Cooper in the last one, Michael. You were saying that mm. he's become a great footballer and then he's, uh, he's knackered his he was He was a great footballer, mm-hmm. now lost. Lost to her. The big man will be watching over us, hopefully. Lost, yeah. lost to her. That's an interesting point. Do you think somebody will be holding up a shirt to Cooper in the next game and then they'll go down and it will just be, at the end of the season we'll just have Jamie Shackleton on his own with his tiny little arms holding up his shirt. Basically all, all the squad numbers just printed on the back. And we have some happy birthdays to dish out as well because Calvin Phillips turned just... Tw- he's only 23! He's only a pup, isn't he? 23. On the same day, David Batty turned 50 years old. There's something in that. That's the universe aligning. That's the universe telling us something, isn't it? Do you know who turned 53 today? Carlton Palmer. I think today was also Lee Chapman's birthday. Is he, did it I was. see it was 59 today? Wow. I, I think I did see that. It's something yeah. about these dates. It's also 18 years since we beat Lazio. With 18-year-old Alan Smith, probably? He probably. must have been about 18 when we, we did that. All these numbers, what can they I'm mean? I'm not sure where Carlton Palmer fits in, really. He's the odd one out. <laughs> he always was, to be fair. With with legs that long, he always stood out. But no, because he's done what Calvin did. Converted deep-line midfielder into a centre-half. It, it's all there. Calvin's good, though. Yeah, there is that. There is that. But he's, isn't he great? He's been such a great player this year. For a 23-year-old... I thought you still meant Carlton Palmer for a minute. There. I, was kind of, I was about to object strongly. If What we need to say is that if Carlton Palmer can win as many England caps as he did then Calvin Phillips has got to win some at least before his career ends. So you, could do, you won't have Graham Taylor to rely on to get him some. But. Play him at fullback like he did David Batty. What do you think David Batty did for his 50th birthday? No. No. Maybe some fish and chips. You think? Yeah, chips as a tree. Seaside, some fish and chips. Push the boat out. Yeah, but not, he won't have made a fuss. Can of dandelion and burdock. Although he's, he's probably got dandelion and burdock at home, so he's not buying a can from the shop. Too expensive. <laughs> 80p in there. Yeah, you can get a bowl for that. Someone else's birthday, only 20 years older than uh, than Bats. Neil Warnock, one of our perpetual favourites on this podcast, if you go back into the archive, he turned 70 this week and he's been in the game for 50 years, man and boy. Fantastic, isn't it? <laughs> he was haunting us on the screen, wasn't he, when we went to the, the pub in London. The first face that popped up on the screen in there was, was Warnock. Yeah. Just can't get away from him. That's what started me drinking. I was doing all right until that point, drinking to forget and blot out the pain. Well, I hope he gets sacked soon and never reappears. I don't think they're going to sack him. They're doing that thing of having a jolly time, even if they are losing most weeks. And they're out of the... Are they out of the relegation places now? Yeah, maybe. They won't be for long. It's it's just so weird watching Lee Peltier and Sol Bamba being managed by Neil fucking Warnock in the <laughs> fucking Premier League. And we're still... Languishing. Fucking in. messing about down here. <laughs> that's say that would be you know, He's got some funny ideas, but... I've been up there more than he has, haven't I? Not, not seen him in the Premier League. Me, me and Josie were talking about it the other week. I was saying yeah, to, he loves uh, the name drop, doesn't he? I was saying to that lad, uh, that lad that's replaced Arsenal, nice fella, don't, didn't catch his name. I was just saying to him that uh, it's great having, having some new faces in the Premier League. Cause I, I was getting a little bored of it. Oh, fucking hell, I hate him. I can't even keep it up. You know that book, uh, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus? 
Mm. Him and Bielsa are equally from different planets, aren't they? I don't even know what planet Neil Warnock's from, some planet where they don't have eyebrows. <laughs> Very ha- hairless all round, isn't he? Yeah. His daughter tells us. Like an action man. <laughs> what was fucking Neil Warnock image? I was. <laughs> like a little, little smooth nub. <laughs> wow. Can we move anyway, on? Anyway, sleep well. And finally, an update on some of the detail that we brought to you in podcast 107 about the Yorkshire Evening Post's chief football writer, Phil Hay, and his uh, heinous crimes in Italy. I did contact Phil Hay and his representatives for comment on um, Michael's allegation that he may, and it was only a may, it was only a suggestion, that he may have committed manslaughter in Italy, which was the, which was the traffic offence. I'm quite relieved that it was you contacting him and not his lawyers contacting us. Uh, that Phil Hay's offence, rather than mowing down the family, was driving in a bus lane in a hire car. And I'm pleased to report that Phil has paid his 70 euro fine. You admit to the lesser offence, don't you? That's the thing. He's probably done a plea bargain. He's probably got something on him. I can tell you what else, what I'm pleased about, that it's Michael saying this, not you or I. But the only problem is he now obviously fails the Football League's owners and directors test. So no shares in Leeds United for you, Mr. Hay. Is that permanent? When, When will his conviction be considered spent? Or again, are we into the Italian legal system? I mean, when is a Range Rover not a Range Rover? Is that what he was driving? Just to really stick it to Chile now. Was he, was he driving a purple Range Rover on Sardinia? <laughs> when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Time to delve into the world of heroes and villains. First, the Ken Bates Villainy Award. This is for... I mean, we don't exist in much misery anymore. It's all quite pleasant, isn't it, gentlemen? So um, No, no, yeah, we'll, we'll find some. It's still quite a long list. This was an award created originally for people who um, kept us in our perpetual state of misery as Leeds fans, but we'll, we'll find people. We can, we, if there's one thing we can do, it's hold a grudge quite well. Uh, mm-hmm. Ken Bates himself, the, the guy with the, the name on the award, happy 87th birthday for yesterday at the time of recording. I'm not going to say happy. We just have to acknowledge it was uh, his 666th birthday again, and he's still alive. Next year, maybe. And we also need to nominate his successors. This was an interesting one passed to me by a mate in uh, in Dubai. Thank you, Neil. Said GFH Capital, right? Do you remember them? Mm, that good seems... guys. Good guys. <laughs> great seems, shoes. Seems like a lifetime ago, that one, doesn't it? Great they're, shoes and great teeth. There is an app 
in the United Arab Emirates called The Entertainer. It's a discount app where you can get like discounts on food, dining out, you know, the kind of thing, voucher codes type yeah. thing, yeah? Well, they bought it after years and years of it being very successful and the app, The Entertainer, crashed and would not work on the biggest holiday weekends of the year in the in the Emirates. Mm. So they're in, in for this, if that's all right. That's fine. I did. I looked at this story after you brought it to our attention. There's a great quote. I think it's somebody called uh, some like Daniel Joy. Um, they said that his weekend did not live up to his name after they cost him hundreds of dollars because all these people had booked dinners and the GFH ended up costing them. They had to pay for them, basically, whereas GFH had promised they'd get it all for free through this app. What's quite interesting as well, I read the article about when they bought the entertainer and they own... It's about a 15% share. The rest is held for their investors. Ah, a familiar old story. I'm surprised that that's what they're buying now, given that they, they I'm sure they were doing like multi-million dollar property developments that were going to return billions upon billions of dollars. And now here they are just like buying some shonky discount app. It wasn't shonky, it was doing fine. Just like Leeds United before they got their grubby hands on it. Shall we stick with the um, with the, the former owners then on this list? Because I like this one. Massimo Cellino. We'll just work through them all and forward in time. Who's, uh, Brescia have a player. He's got. He's looked his way into having a good player at Brescia called Sandro Tonali. Brescia. I like how you say that. It's Brescia. Brescia. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yes. Um, so Sandro Tonali of Brescia is the next Perlo, accordingly. And I, you can find some videos on YouTube of him playing some fairly mundane passes, but with the next Perlo written underneath. And there's a techno soundtrack, so if it's a techno soundtrack, he'll obviously be worth millions. Chelsea is sniffing around, and anyway, he's talking them up. And how do you think Cellino is is talking this player up? C- comparing him to, to Perlo, bearing, mm, bearing in mind. Yeah. Perlo, well, he, knows a, he knows a player, to be fair. Because, I mean, he got. Um, I think he thought the same of Bianchi, didn't he, when he signed mm. him? Thought it was going to be... The top top midfielder in the championship. There's a crucial difference between Tonalo, Tonali and Bianchi, and it's this. Cellino says that Perlo and Tonali are similar in their hairstyle and qualities. So basically, they've got similar hair. So yes, he is the new Perlo. And he, he goes on to say, uh, I'm going out on a limb here, says Massimo Cellino, but I'm rarely wrong. So there we go. He's got hair like Perlo, I'm never wrong. So he's going to try and sell him to Chelsea for millions upon millions of pounds and then probably throw a hissy fit when they don't buy him. Matt Kilgallen, to be fair, did get compared to Woodgate because of having blonde hair, I thought, to a certain extent. Being the same position and, and vaguely mm. similar looking from a distance. He grew it out around the same time as well when Woodgate went to Real Madrid and grew his hair long and started wearing an Alice band. Um, Matt Kilgallen went to Sheffield United and grew his hair long and started wearing an Alice band. There's some, maybe there's something in it. Uh, we'll find out. Massimo Cellino is rarely wrong. He's, he and, he's, and he's rarely wrong. That time he put a poster in the stadium to say he'd been wrong. <laughs> that was one of the rare times. That was times. one of the times he was wrong, but other than that, rarely. That was the one where he said it was after he was apologising for Hocker Day, saying that was wrong, and he mm. would never make that mistake again. Mm. I mean, he didn't make that mistake again, to no. be fair. He didn't hire Hocker Day back, so that's something. And when he bought Leeds United and spent about an hour on the phone to some complete random off the internet going, the debts are too much, I didn't expect this. I mean, again... Just a rare mistake. A rare mistake. <laughs> oh, dear me. What an era that was. We've, we've been mm. through some interesting times, haven't we? Um, anybody else you want to add in for misery? Well, Oliver Langford's winning it, so we'll just throw him, put him in there. Maybe we'll get that mentioned. I put Bradley Johnson down because he's, he's bitten a man mm. and he shouldn't bite people. I think that's wrong. Mm. It was Joe Allen, so maybe. I've never really cared for Joe Allen. And also Joe Allen said there was nothing to it, so 
I think the only reason he's landed himself with a, I think it's a five-game ban. So I think Sean Harvey must have remembered his name. Ah, yes, Bradley. And remembering the uh, the contract negotiations mm. of 2011. Ah, now you wanted your equality, you have it. Five games. He didn't actually bite anybody, he just kind of kissed his shoulder. What did, what did the Ten character? games. He got eight, didn't he? Further example of the... Uh, was the, the, there was one mm. internet maniac who suggested maybe that... Um, oh, the bit himself. The bit himself. That was, uh, that's mm. quite an interesting story, yeah. As we've already said, then congratulations to Oliver Langford for taking home the Ken Bates Villainy Award. Probably. I mean, we could be talking about um, a match's click broken leg and that man wouldn't care. In this day and age now, we have to be positive and we have to bring sunshine and light to the world of Leeds United. And that is in an increasing supply right now. This is the Andy Hughes Hero Award for people who do bring joy and light and sunshine to our existence as Leeds fans. Who's going in? I want to put in Calvin Phillips, by the way, just for being dead good and being mm-hmm. an happy birthday. Only 23. Yeah, future captain of Leeds and England. Bizarre that he actually he could get an England call up. It wouldn't it wouldn't be ridiculous. When when we're promoted and he's bossing the Premier League. Not even when we're promoted. Players from the championship get called up now. True. Southgate has looked at him. And he's setting up to play a little bit like Bielsa's Leeds now. So you need players who are trained into it. You don't need to be shoehorning rubbish in like trying to make Phil Jones. <laughs> I mean who's a better right, who is a better centre half at this moment in time? Phil Jones, Calvin Phillips. Calvin Phillips. All day long. Who's a better central midfielder? Phil Jones, Calvin Phillips. <laughs> Calvin Phillips. I've never seen him play at right back, but I've seen Phil Jones play at right back. Who would you rather have at right back? Calvin Phillips. Who's a better human? Calvin Phillips. Case closed, Your Honour. Mm-hmm. Who else do we want to um, nominate? Well, his, we already mentioned their relation, but we've had 50 glorious years of David Batty, I think, celebrating the half century with a, an award for heroism. Is would he be noble? Is he your favourite? Ever. Yeah. I mean, no, because there's something about him that's just kind of like, you can't really favour him, because he's, it's like, I don't know how to how to describe it, there's just something about I, there's gonna be, Batty. Whatever kind you of, say here, there's going to be an internet backlash, I can tell you, boy. He's just got a face that kind of resists sentiments, you know what I mean? <laughs> you you, you want to be sentimental about him but then you look at him and you realize that he just doesn't care no but that's why we love him because he doesn't oh yeah care. but so so but favoriting him would be kind of it just doesn't he it never feels cared. like a waste he didn't care he just smashed somebody didn't care exactly so i i admire all that and i love him for those things but kind of um it's a waste of time kind of because if he'd have done what was it mcgoldrick him. who did it for sheffield united if batty had done the same thing i'd have been cheering, <laughs> cheering him from the stand we should have had him on the list as well villain Eddie McGoldrick. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie McGoldrick. I mean, that's an awkward, I think there's a big existential kind of metaphysical question about David Batty being a favourite player. No, I think I think what you are is wrong there. Fair I think he's lots of people's favourite player. Yeah, and I think you're an idiot for saying that. Fair enough. Add him to your hate list along with Beacock. Of course, yes. Teddy obviously, I hate David Batty. That's 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 the story. <laughs> that's, now. that's why I'm here sitting here saying that we should give him an award as the hero to celebrate him being alive for 50 years because I hate him so and you're much. Crit- you're criticising Batty's face, but Pablo well, Hernandez is on this list and he's got one of the strangest faces you'll ever see. I'm not criticising David and you Batty's love him. face. And I would never describe David Batty's face as strange. I would you describe said. it as stern. <laughs> And um, and resistant to to fripperies like favouritism. I'm respecting the man by not patronising him with my sentimentality towards him. I'm doing him the honour of. I like how you're still digging here. This is really, I'm really enjoying this, which is like we're just sitting back and let you carry on digging. Just for the record, Batty, Tony Dorigo, Nigel Martin, my top three. There you go. Okay. 
And I Strachan mean, probably in there as well. We see this as it. I immediately thought, like, from that And McAllister that era, was really good, wasn't he, as that well? That Strachan would probably be the one I'd look to, because he drags the whole team up. Batty was is very, for, he's strangely individual. Like, Batty was Batty, he's just in his own words. Strachan had a, a massive effect on the whole club at the time when I first started supporting them. So I kind of, I look back to that. And also, like, Chapman had the same name as me. So there's a few, there's a few reasons why um, I would put some others ahead of, ahead of Batty personally. But what a player. Uh, Honourable mention, I guess, for Robbie Keane as well. He's not going to win it, clearly, but for being the last of our Champions League semi-finalists. We got there once, you know, by the way. They've stopped saying that on the telly now, finally. Last one to retire this I thought, week. Oh, you thought he retired about three years ago, I'll be perfectly honest. Was he not playing in America, so technically he did? He was playing in India, I believe. I think he'd gone to the India Super League. Wow. I thought that was cricket. And they also play football. <laughs> I think, I think <laughs> confusing the cricket is called Premier League. Oh, God. Weirdly. Yeah, something, something like that. It's a minefield, isn't it? But yeah, but yeah that's, think, that's a properly poor league. I think he was being managed by Teddy Sheringham. I might be wrong about this. but um, Yeah, there's, it's a weird thing. There's players who've not played for like four years who just turn up in India. Sanchez Watt was out there for a while. So I think um, Sanchez Watt scored you know, his debut in front of about 60,000 people. And it was like, and it was one of the first games in the new league. I was like, this is going to be fantastic. Look at the atmosphere. Look at the glamour. San- uh, the glamour. Sanchez, what? And then within like a month, he'd come back and he was just playing non-league in England again. It just didn't work out for whatever reason. But Robbie Keane, a boyhood fan of the Karelia Blasters or whoever he was playing for, just as he was a boyhood <laughs> fan. Really. And going against that thing that if you start young, you'll finish early because he was in playing for Wolves when he was about 17. He's managed a full a full 20-year stint. Fair play. Let's hope Jack Clark goes the same way. Another honourable mention for him. The great white hope as it's emerged over this uh, over this little spell. I don't. Th- can we look past Pablo because he's just been named PFA Player of the Month and he's our cover star on issue five of the mag. I mean that is a good commercial tie-in. It is great. Can't ignore that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did see our stats with him without him this season as well, and it's very stark the, mm. the difference that he makes. To we us, were so. bad when he was out injured. We we really missed him, mm. didn't we? I think with him we averaged something like two point four points a game or something ridiculous. It's like an unbelievably high number. So. Yeah. Um, so for that loan, he's kind of dragging us along. We we have got a, a little vote for Caleb Ekuban as well, who was out in Turkey playing for Trabzonspor, who had a rough week. Um, his mother died last week, and then he came off the bench at the weekend to score uh, the opening goal of uh, Trabzonspor's game. They went on to win 2-0, and he scored. It was actually, the goal is brilliant. It's a bullet header, um, the likes of which I don't think we've seen from him before. It's fantastic. So yeah, he scored, and then ran off to celebrate, and he immediately burst into tears because he was having a... A topsy-turvy week. So to cheer him up um, and wish him well and also applaud his uh, his goal scoring in a time of adversity, we'll put him on the list. Well done, Caleb. Because he's still a Leeds player. He's only there on loan. He's ours. And we stick up for him. But the obvious winner, it has to be. Whatever those haunted eyes have seen, congratulations to you, Pablo Hernandez. QPR, we're going to be sick of them soon, aren't we? They're up next. They're on this Saturday, three o'clock kickoff on a Saturday. That's a, a novelty based on our usual Sky appearances. They're currently eleventh. This is a, kind of another one of those we should win this kind of game to to hit that streak of fifteen out of fifteen that we were uh, speaking about slightly tongue in cheek last time. Moscow could do it. Could very easily do it. Well, I say very easily. We could do it. Um, <laughs> yeah, beat these and then it's Bolton next. I was wondering because we are short of def- of defenders. Do we need Brendan Holmes to be back? Are we saving him for the FA Cup match? Get him scoring at the back post, 1987 style. Do you know what? I missed that game. Went to every game that season apart from that one, and I missed it. Do you know what I was doing? Go on. I was. I think it was a ninth birthday party at a swimming pool in Bradford. That was my choice. <laughs> my mate Phil, or the FA Cup quarter final, or whatever. Fifth round, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. 
I still regret it to this day, as you can tell. Well, yeah. you'll have a chance. Maybe this third round match can put things right a little bit. <laughs> I've got a feeling it's not going to have the same magnitude. Mm. But, you know, never mind. No. You know, well, we may, when we're at Wembley in the FA Cup final, about to lose it because Bielsa doesn't win finals. Um <laughs> We could no, be stop lo- being negative. We could be looking back on that third round victory as the, the turning point and we'll say, and it's all because Dan Moylan was there watching Halme rising at the back post and then running into the stands to celebrate. Back to 2018. Yeah, we've the, got to play them in the league first. Yeah, they um, they started really badly, didn't they? They absolutely walloped at West Brom earlier in the season. They chucked seven past them. Uh, only two defeats in ten recently, though. They seem to have um, shored it up at the back. It's Steve McLaren. That's all you need to know. I get the feeling... He's never going to be any good. I put it to you that you don't really care. Every time I see him kind of involved in a QPR game, I just look at him and he seems like he's just, like he's checking his watch. Like he's doing the post-match interview. It's kind of like, do I really have to... I mean, the game's finished. Can I just go? Yeah, when you've been England manager, it's kind of, you're not... It's going to be downhill after there, isn't it? There's not going to be a right lot to go to after that. And I imagine with the best will in the world and all respect to QPR, it's not the most inspiring place to be. Him and Roy Hodgson probably get together after games on the weekend. They're just like, can you be asked, Roy? No, Steve, I really can't. Same again next week. Yeah. <laughs> what have um, whoscored.com got to say anyway? Whoscored.com tell me that, well, the first thing to note is that Mitchell Smith is still there, but Steve McLaren, amongst his many crimes, is uh, keeping him on the bench. He's come 14 times off the bench this season and not scored yet, so that tells me they're misusing a fine centre-forward. So if Bamford or Roof aren't fit, Bielsa, the opportunity is there. I've been saying it since last year. Go get him. But they are strong <laughs> at defending against set pieces. They're very strong at that. They're strong at doing counter-attacks, creating chances through ball, using through balls, creating scoring chances generally, and protecting the lead. Their weaknesses are keeping possession, avoiding offside, avoiding fouling in dangerous areas, avoiding individual areas. Might we get a penalty? Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, I, don't, I don't know what any of this means. Defending against skillful players, so it's a game for Saiz. They're going to hack someone down in the box and we're going to get our first penalty in years. That's a big call. Well, yes, their style of play is aggressive. It's also worth noting. Did you see the theory posted on Twitter of uh, of our penalty jinx? The last penalty we had was when Pablo missed in the last minute against Reading. Mm. And it would take, and having now Reading have missed a penalty against us in the last minute, that is kind of undoing the jinx in some way. And we, we're now allowed to get penalties again. Until until that was rectified, we weren't allowed them. Do you know we play at Ellen Road, not Hogwarts? But, you know, I liked it as a theory. <laughs> no, it worked. It all tied together very well. The the last things to note about uh, Queen's Park Rangers is that they play, because they're not using Mathieu, they're playing with Naki Wells up front on his own, so we only need to find two defenders to play against him, which means one will probably do in Bielsa's mind. So the current injury crisis, as long as Pontus makes it to the weekend, we'll be all right, and then he can just stick probably Pat Bamford next to him or something like that. And the goalkeeper is uh, Jay Lumley. I don't know if it's Joanna. All it says, I've only got the initial, but yeah, apparently Joanna Lumley is in goal for them. So if we can't stick a couple of shots past Joanna Lumley, quite long-legged, I don't know how long her arms are these days. (laughs) These days? How long did they used to be? (laughs) Tremendously long. She was the uh, the original prototype for Inspector Gadget, but because of uh, 1960s sort of television misogyny, mm. they, they changed it into a man. Seems we've taken a bit of a tangent. Well, it's only QPR. I don't know what else to say about bloody QPR. They're not sponsored by Guinness anymore. Roy Wigley doesn't play for them. Neither does Paul Parker. I don't know where to go. We'll just beat them, move on. <laughs> on to Bolton. Well, we actually... Roof can get another hat-trick and do nothing else. 
Oh, well, that's it. Because um, Pavel Chibitsky could be back. Mm. I think he's back from his loan at Mould because uh, the Norwegian season's ended. And now he's caught between Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, who's his manager there, says there could be a new opportunity for him at Leeds, which I think Marcello Bielsa is probably like, what? Well, no, Phil Hay on the YAP podcast has said that that's no, that they're looking to offload him. Yeah, MLS is kind of it. But if he's got one last opportunity, could he play right back? Would be worth a shout, stick him at right back. Three crosses for Roof and everything could change for the, the, the little lad. <laughs> <laughs> I feel sorry for Chubitsky. Uh, Poor little fellow. He left in a right hoof because he said uh, he did an interview where he sort of implied that he, he might have been involved at Leeds this season, like whether he was going to be in... Um, the in-betweeners squad that Click went into and all that. But he said he was so... He was quite honest about it. He said he was so pissed off after last season. He just wanted to go somewhere where he knew he was going to play and kind of just get it all out of his system and just get some games. So he took the loan to, to Norway. Yeah, so I kind of feel a little bit bad for him. But um, also, I mean, he won't very good. He'll probably tear it up in the MLS. Well, Jack the, Harrison did, didn't he? And he'll be the next Lloyd Sam. Um, so yeah, we've got QPR at home and then Bolton away again. Out of that sequence of five that we mentioned on the last podcast, you've now mm-hmm. got to be, you've got to be looking at fifteen out of fifteen. Really, if we're going to be serious about going up, and that would be the best up yours to an injury crisis and a refereeing crisis, and what other crisis? Probably Brexit to withstand everything that is going on in the world um, and come out with five wins after losing to West Brom. It's a shame there's Villa away in this next sequence because we'll be, that looks a bit tricky. <laughs> we'll I love the cockiness of it now. We were so depressed and down before and you're just there. Throw, oh, we'll beat them. We'll beat everybody. I really don't see any reason for us to lose to... Because the teams we've got listed then, so it's Villa, then Blackburn on Boxing Day, we'll win that. Hull at home, we'll win that. Forest away is on Sky. Uh, it might be like last year where it's just a boring draw. And then QPR in the FA Cup. I don't see why we should lose any of them. So I'm going to ask you this. So let's put it this way, though. Will we ever lose again? No. Well, yes. So. They will lose. Maybe the Cup game, because we're concentrating on winning every game in the league. No, we'll lose in the FA Cup final. And also, we'll somehow, maybe like a sequence of draws, we'll see us drop into the playoffs, and then we'll lose the final of the playoffs. <laughs> Because I'm still sticking to that, though. We're not going up. I'm like, Huddersfield's unbeaten run. Do you know? Exactly. <laughs> what was it like? <laughs> Negative goal difference. No wins. But it went on for years, and it's the proudest thing that has ever happened in the town. We are. You could hear the dogs howling after every, after every goalless draw. We are now odds on to go up, you know. Are we? I might put some money on us not doing. That's the sort of thing I do. I think they, this, Insurance. It's, it's yeah. the first time the kind of uh, the probability has swung over 50%, yeah. Oh, wow. Of us going up. I can't quite handle that. It's when the expectation creeps in. Rather than this being a fun adventure, it's when the expectation comes in now. So this is when the pressure starts to mount. But it's Bielsa, he does what he wants, doesn't he? If he mm. wants to go up, he'll go up. I mean, at the moment, I'm joking about us losing in a, in a playoff final, but I probably will spend 90 minutes of a playoff final just being sick with nerves. Yeah. I think that's the only Dreadful. thing. Dreadful. We, we need to avoid that. Even, I think any, even if it comes down to a, a game to win the title or something, I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> I mean, I kind of I remember the Bristol Rovers game as being wonderful because we won. Like it wasn't half time wasn't wonderful when Gradle had gone off. I missed that game Mad. as well. Awful. Uh, should we beat QPR first and then worry about the rest after that? I think we already have. We've won against QPR. And QPR is the date for the next issue of the Square Ball number five. Check out the artwork of this podcast across certain platforms anyway, and you can find out what the cover's going to look like. It looks grand. It's online now. Featuring Pablo as Indiana Jones, as we mentioned at the top of the podcast. It's going to be out on Saturday. Grab yourself a digital copy. And if you do fancy supporting the podcast, then we do appreciate it. Get the digital sub and you get a magazine multiple times a year, as well as hearing us doing this. 
which is great. So um, that can be found at thesquareball.net. Uh, we are the Square Ball on the social platforms as well. Check us out on uh, Instagram. It's, it's a beautiful looking page, is that, in fairness? Eamon uh, looks after it very well. There was a picture of me on the Instagram the other night, so that's a nice treat for Oh, everyone. yeah, if you keep an eye on the story, you'll see some less beautiful things. <laughs> and do check out the calendars. Watch out for those. The pre-orders have sold out on the first run because we had a bit of a big demand for that. The colouring books, though, are still on sale uh, at the minute if you want to get a stocking filler for a loved one or the Leeds fan in your life. And we're going to do another load of the, the calendars. We're going to put the pre-order on again, I think, so you, you can still get them in time for Christmas. And support a hospital at the same time. All the profits from the calendars and the colouring books are going to the Leeds Children's Hospital charity, Leeds Cares. And the calendar as well, it's worth pointing out, all the artwork that you see on like the covers and stuff like that and inside the magazine, that's all the stuff on the calendar, stuff that you can't get anywhere else. It's not the dates that are important on that calendar. It's you are buying a year of art. Don't know how better to put it. If that's not worth whatever we're charging for it, then <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's not very much and it's for a good cause. You can find links to those, to the merch. Uh, and if you fancy getting yourself a winter hoodie or jumper t-shirt, anything like that, check it all out at thesquareball.net. That's us done for now. We'll see you after the, what, the QPR victory? Mm-hmm. Looking forward to it. We'll speak to you soon. The Squareball Podcast. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 